You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, May 2nd. As always, though, guys, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or currently Just Baseball where you can check that out for sure. A great website, a great website. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter for all your Padres game recaps and whatnot, and just some silly memes and whatnot. You can check me out on there. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including the YouTube. If you want to see me doing my funny dances and stuff, uh, check me out on YouTube. Good stuff there. Let's get the up the the subscriber count. All right. Today's show uh, a little bit of a simple one, but a great one because the Padres did end up winning their series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, two-one series win for them. Even if there was some things to not like, and we're certainly going to be talking about that Saturday game a whole lot for sure. Going to be doing the good old weekend recap. And then talking about, at the end of the show, what you can expect for the rest of the week. Let's begin by talking about Friday's game. All right? If you haven't already, go check out my crossover with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates, where we, you know, kind of previewed the series. And the series basically went, in a lot of ways, kind of how we expected it. Right? One of the things that Ethan talked about was that the Pirates' bullpen is actually very secretly been pretty dang good with guys like Bednar, with guys like Hembry, with guys like Wilson Crow, like... All these sort of players that have been really awesome for the Pirates so far. The problem is they're starting pitching, all right? And on Friday, you saw that. It wasn't all that impressive. Didn't give up too many hits. That was Zach Thompson who takes the loss in this game. He goes four and a third, giving up four earned runs on three hits. And the big hits coming from maybe not necessarily people that you expected because the Padres actually start off this game on shaky footing with Mr. U Darvish. And we're all saying, oh, it's bad Darvish showed up this time uh, with Diego Castillo getting a single and Daniel Vogelbach, who's been pretty solid for them, getting a single as well. But have no fear in the top of the third inning. Ha Sung Kim with a home run to deep left, allowing Chase Thompson to score. Chase Thompson, by the way, ends up getting a single, an RBI single later in this game that brought in two runs, including the first baseman among them. Really, really great stuff. Also in this game, Jake Cronenworth hitting a home run. Love to see him going. He has a couple more hits throughout the weekend. I've basically not talked about Cronenworth all that much, and maybe listeners, you might be wondering why. It's a fair question, because uh, I haven't really seen anything from him that suggests that he's been playing poorly or anything like that. There's nothing about the pitches. It just seems like he's been maybe pressing a little bit too much, but he's making really good contact, and he's not swinging at bad pitches. He still continues being one of the more effective, especially at his position, uh, players when it comes to whiffs and not chasing pitches that are you know sucker pitches like, say, Jorge Alfaro tends to swing at. Uh, a decent amount of times. Uh, but what I love about this game, biggest thing for me is Hassan Kim. Uh, currently on the season, he is batting 271 with a 364 on base, 563 slugging across 16 games. He has uh, three home runs on the year, six walks to 10 Ks ratio. He has a stolen bag in there as well. He has been phenomenal. I talked about, what is it, last week or the week before, about how much of a secret weapon Hassan Kim could be. 
If you guys remember, I also talked about when C.J. Abrams made the opening day roster. I was excited, but I also wasn't over the roof because my thing was, well, in fairness, the guy's 21 years old. And I also said I would not have minded if they just said, you know what? We're running it with Hassan Kim for three months. He's going to be the short starring shortstop. That's great. That's what we're going to do. Now, granted, unlike, say, when Luis Campizano got called up, I've made this point before, but I'm going to say it again. Unlike when Luis Campizano got called up, you know, Abrams does add stuff defensively, which is really great, right? I know he made a blunder the other day um, in that series against Cincy, which he was looking all bummed and whatnot, which made me sad. But it's at least even if his bat isn't coming, um, together so far at the ripe old age of 21 he at least is a plus defender when they use him which is why I think Melvin and company have used some interesting lineups that sometimes get both of them in there right sometimes as was with the Sunday game Jake Cronowitz going to play first and then that makes room for both Profar and Abrams potentially or you can maybe throw Matt Beatty in left field maybe have Profar come in the infield there's a lot of nice malleability I think with this Padres roster and I think that you saw a little bit of that this weekend. Um, but I, of course, haven't talked about uh, what's-his-face just yet. Um, that is Mr. Yu Darvish. In this, this game, six innings, three earned runs on eight hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Not the best outing for Mr. Yu Darvish. It's been a little bit of a bumpy road every now and then, right? He obviously had that San Francisco game, which bloated his ERA, right? He's currently sitting at a 4.44, but a lot of that is just because he went one and two-thirds against the Giants, who absolutely chased him in two seconds. But great start against the Braves and then a great start against the Dodgers. That says something, right? Darvish just has to be solid. Um, And I think that that's what we're learning from this Padres rotation is that they don't necessarily need that wipeout Corbin Burns, you know, uh, Walker Bueller, uh, Max Scherzer, those type of – they don't need that wipeout guarantee Garrett Cole Shane Bieber guys like that you guys know what I'm talking about Kyle what's his name Kyle Lewis Kyle something Kyle Wilson is that his name the guy on the Braves that's just lighting things up they don't need that right the Padres just need all B stars and that's what everyone has been so far even if Darvish did have that catastrophe and I know Mania's uh, last start uh, wasn't all that hot against the the Dodgers they just need guys who are B pluses because their rotation is so deep, so deep to the point where we're going to start being talking about soon whether or not they're going to go to a six-man rotation, right? And that's really fascinating, uh, absolutely. And I think Mackenzie Gore is expected to start this next series upcoming against Cleveland. Very curious to see how he performs there. Because Cleveland, while I think they're going to calm down, not as bad of an offense as we would have thought. Framiel Reyes, their home run power hitter, sharing a last name with your boy, obviously. He hasn't really gotten off to a super hot start, but they've got Jose Ramirez, which is like a top seven player in all of baseball. Um, Steven Kwan, that's a tough out, right? They have some guys over on Cleveland. They have some guys, even if they aren't super intimidating. That should be a nice contest for Mackenzie Gore. But all this to say is Darvish, I thought he looked okay. Bended didn't break starting out the game with the two runs and be able to bounce back against this Pirates lineup. Even if it is the Pirates lineup, Still shows me a lot. Darvish, at the minimum, is hopefully going to be one of those B-plus types, right? That's what they need from him. Even if that ace lights out stuff might be a little bit gone. He was a sneaky Cy Young winner, uh, Cy Young um, favorite heading into last season because he was so good the past past previous years. He was a finalist along with Lamette and Trevor Bauer and guys like that, right? So... Bottom line is, I liked it. Robert Suarez, also in this game, should be brought up. Two innings, one walk, two Ks, no hits, no runs. That was nice. Stammen got us into a little bit of trouble at the end of the game, but thankfully, uh, Mr. Taylor Rogers uh, came in and was able to do good stuff for us. So that was great as the closer for the Padres. Very good, good stuff, guys.
Very good stuff. But before we talk about a little bit of the tragic uh, game that occurred this weekend, right? Before we talk about that, and that's probably the game you guys want to hear me talk about the most, let me just talk to you about betting. All right. I was talking to you about how you Darvish heading into last year was maybe one of a sneaky Cy Young, maybe a top five candidate in there. Well, that's all about predictions, guys. And when it comes to predicting the sports and making your betting on all the stats and whatnot, betonline.net has you covered. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and, of course, the start of the Major League Baseball season. Let me tell you, I don't know if you guys are watching that Grizzlies game. Why the heck did they eject Draymond Green? Did they have the Warriors money line or the Grizzlies money line in this case? What's going on here? Did they have the under on Draymond Green rebounds? That, that was a little suspect. I didn't like that flagrant two call on Draymond Green. But anyway, Bet Online, guys, is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Saturday's game against the Pirates. Uh, the Padres, unfortunately, end up losing this game in what was, in fairness, kind of a great game. I will say that. Look, if the Padres are going to lose, this is just a rule of sports. I know what you're thinking, fans. I know what you're thinking. Like, no, if we're going to lose, I'd rather get wiped out. I don't want to get my hopes up. Yes, you do. Trust me. Uh, and when you're fans of teams that aren't ever competitive, I have those in my life. I've got Jets fans in my life. I've got poor old, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates fans in my life. You want to at least be competitive, even if in the end it, it results in tragedy and whatnot, right? But uh, it was a tragic ending for the Padres in this game. They end up losing to the Pirates by a score of 7-6. to six, And it wasn't the fault of Shamanaya, who in this game, Goes six and two thirds over the course of 110 pitches. So really made him work. And we'll get to that in just one second. He ends up giving up uh, five hits, amounting to three earned runs, walking three, striking out six. The pitch count was important there. Should be mentioned. The consistency, the innings, Shamanaya, that's what has happened for him the past couple seasons, right? Very consistently giving you work. And I think that was because Bob Melvin knew bullpen's a little bit gassed. They needed a little bit of a breather. Manaya, thankfully, delivered. Uh, he ends up getting a little bit hit in this game. Just a little bit. Oop, I started a video almost on my phone. Again, the Pirates scoring uh, in the first inning with a Michael Chavis single. But uh, let me tell you, I, I alluded to it. Look, it was a sad ending, but what a game. Guys, what a game. A home run coming from. I want you to guess it. Go ahead. You know what I'm going to say. It's the ground ball gremlin. It's the Lord first baseman of the Padres in this instance, guys. That's right. He hits a home run, driving in Jake Cronworth and Manny Machado, making it a 3-1 game. What can I say about him so far is that just according to the basic stats, I have not seen something from him that suggests that he is going to keep this up or even keep up the level of MVP or even, even all-star or even great type of player. And what that is is that his ground ball rate is still super high. His fly ball rate is still super low. But I will say with him is that his launch angle has been a little bit higher this year. It's sitting at about like a 5.1 if I'm checking right now. Actually, hold on. I'm going to get that correctly. Let me just make sure I pull up Savant correctly. It's a 5.1 right now. Past seasons, 3.3 and 8.7, which was the outlier in 2020, of course. 2.1 negative 1.5 in 2018 for the Padres, 3.9 uh, in 2017, and so on and so forth, right? So a 5.1 is an increase for the Padres' first baseman, even if it does concern me that as of right now, I don't know if it's updated, he is currently hitting ground balls 
60% of the time. 60% of the time. And his five ball rate is only 6.7%. That's bad. And that suggests that a come down for the Pirates' first baseman should be expected soon. Hopefully it runs its course for a little bit longer. Maybe maybe get us through this Cleveland series maybe before he comes back down to earth. I will say though, from what I've seen though, he is making decent enough contact. Right, He is hitting the ball pretty hard. He's in the 79th percentile of hard hit rate. His expected batting average is also high, which suggests that this isn't all BABIP-driven. He's actually hit the ball pretty well. He's hit a decent amount of line drives, which I like. Some opposite field power. That's good. And especially in the case of this home run, which was smoked, what I'm basically saying about all of this is I don't... I think that all they need from him, and currently his war, his wins of prep replacement, is already more than the past three seasons or so with the Padres combined, right? That's how good he's been. I do think that he's gotten off to such a start that suggests that maybe he's not going to be a zero war player. Maybe he's going to be a two and a half, right? Maybe, And that's good, by the way. That's huge for this team to at least not have it that this guy is actively damaging your team and making so much money and being forced into the lineup every single day, right? If he can just be okay, right? That's not the craziest thing in the world to happen at 32 years old, right? Especially considering that he's never had two good seasons in a row and never had necessarily two bad seasons in a row. So maybe we're due for one of those good seasons. Maybe bullying works in this case with everybody slandering the man on Twitter, including myself uh, as well. So I'm a little bit guilty of that. But that home run was huge for him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Brian Renzel ends up reaching... Uh, after a fielder's choice. And then Manny Machado in the top of the nth, eighth inning, breaking the tie with a home run, 421 feet, absolutely crushed it, and he pimped it too, which was awesome, allowing Jake Cronenworth to score. Uh, man, that was fun. That was fun. Manny has been... He's been Manny, right? Manny being Manny. He's been fantastic. He's hitting the ball as hard as anybody, uh, basically in baseball at his position right now. And, you know, currently right now, actually, after the weekend, 386, 453, 614 slash line with four home runs, still displaying the excellent walk to strikeout race that he always has. 10 walks, 16 Ks, and even throwing in four stolen bases, by the way. He could still steal a bag or two every now and then when you need him to. Uh, he looks great. I, I don't know what else to say. He Yes, he'll ground into a double play. Every now and then, that's what happens. He can hit balls on the ground, too, but he more than makes up for it with the power. You know about Manny Machado. I have to say more there. But that was fun, hitting that home run and pimping it. But unfortunately, then in the bottom of the eighth, Steven Wilson, who had been awesome, by the way, for the Padres, heading into the weekend, he I actually retweeted this, actually, if I'm not mistaken, from the Lockdown Padres account. Let me pull it up really quickly, uh, if I can. He Steven Wilson, heading into... Uh, basically, this series against who the heck do we just play? The Pittsburgh Pirates had actually been pretty dang good. His last six and a thirds innings before this series, uh, he had zero hits, zero walks, zero runs, and 11 Ks over the course of six and a thirds innings. And apparently, he heard. Apparently, he saw that I retweeted that and gave up a huge home run here to. Um, What's his face? Michael Chavis, who kind of beat up the Padres a little bit in this series, tying the game, resulting in the good old extra innings rule. It stinks. It stinks. Abrams ends up getting the sacrifice bunt down that they totally prepared for, and I don't like that they... A, a little bit of a thing for me, Jorge Alfaro on second. He's got a decent amount of speed. I've... I know that Abrams has been bad, so it's not a bad decision, but personally, I would have liked just letting Abrams swing there. 
I would have liked it. Save the out. I would have preferred that. Maybe he can at least make contact, right, to move Alfaro over. I don't know. That's just a me thing. I know that he's been batting really poorly this year. It ends up working, though. Trent Grisham hitting a huge single for the team, allowing Jorge Alfaro to score. But then, unfortunately, Cabrian Hayes hits a single straight up, allowing Jake Marisnik to score, of course, because of the, the ghost runner rule. And then Brian Reynolds reaching on the first baseman making an error, the ball going right under his glove. He was upset. He knew it. And, of course, Padres Twitter said, there he is. There he is. Some people freaking out. But my opinion, and I put out my tweet, me of all people, I've, of course, had this bit of not saying his name. I've called him the ground ball gremlin. I've said he's like Lord Voldemort, that saying his name gives him evil powers and all that stuff. It would be easy for me to say, told you so. But literally in this game, there was a home run. Right? Literally in this game that happened, Sean Mania gave up some hits that we wouldn't have liked, right? If only he didn't do that. Steven Wilson blowing the game with the home run, right? It's it's unfair to bash a guy that is second in OPS, or maybe even first in OPS, on the team currently. I don't have that in front of me. On the team currently, who even in this game also gave a home run. I know it's a terrible error, I know. But I think it would be unfair to celebrate the fact that he's been so good, but then immediately just go back and punch the guy, right? I don't think that's fair. It's just a tragic mistake. And also, not even to mention the RBI that was given up in the first place uh, that Cabrian Hayes hit, right? That didn't have anything to do with the Padres' first baseman. It was just right up the middle. Cabrian Hayes knows how to make contact. you got to throw better pitches than that. you got to force stuff by him, right? Cabrian Hayes has been awesome so far for the Pirates this year. It happens. It's okay. And even to be honest, I went a little bit on Manaya there. He still went six and two-thirds, was able to give a lot of innings, to help up the bullpen and whatnot. So that's just me. It stinks. It's easy to make fun of the guy. And it's easy to say, yes, he's probably due for a regression. But nonetheless, in fairness, he's been good right now. And he's been good for a little bit longer of a streak than I think he was at the beginning of last season. Whether or not it's legit, we'll have to find out. But let's ease up on the guy. He was great. I do believe that all in all, he still deserves the Lord first baseman title. At least for this weekend. But guys, you know what else deserves a Lord title because of how great it's been for a while now? It's not necessarily a player. Mm. It's food, in fact. All right? It's food. And it's the best protein bar in all the land, guys. Of course, those are the Built Bars. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are refueled for your summer adventures. And what I like about them the most, of course, is they are healthy, right? 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and only 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, those bad boys usually have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, guys. But... I have a confession to make. I lied. I lied. I, I, I lied. It happens every now and then. A little white lie. Call this Shark Tale, but Javi version, right? It was an awful joke. What I love about them the most is that they have such a great variety of flavors. You can get banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. Apple almond crisp is my personal favorite. They have a ton of flavors, so great variety. As someone who tries to have variety in his life, guys, let me tell you. Built Bars, they're killing it. They're absolutely killing it. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Let's keep moving, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, let me just remind you, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Let's talk about the last game. Let's talk about the last game. This one, of course, I said Padres won the series 2-1. Thankfully, though, this game kind of, it was a little bit scary at one point. It was a little bit scary at one point, considering that for the most part, uh, Joe Musgrove, had yet again another good start against his former team, going seven innings over just 92 pitches, by the way. Uh, one earned run on seven hits, which isn't great. Zero walks, which is great. And eight strikeouts. He has been so automatic, right? So far this season, Joe Musgrove has not given up more than two earned runs in any of his starts. I know the game, what was it, against Cincy, that it was technically four or five runs, but they weren't earned because of some Hassan Kim fielding errors and so on that they weren't earned, right? So that is one thing to mention. Aside from the one start against the Reds, he's managed to strike out six batters at minimum. He's only walked two batters on the year. The control is there. He's looked awesome. In my opinion, not even close, has been the best starter for the Padres by far this season. And dare I say one of the best starters in the division, Um, if you're actually looking at stuff. I haven't checked Arias for the Dodgers lately. I know Bueller started off a little bit poorly for the Dodgers, and I know that Merrill Kelly's been pretty good, but dare I say one of the best starters in the National League West so far. Don't necessarily think it's going to stay that way, but he's been awesome, and he's playing like he's ready to, to say, give me that extension. Give me the money. A.J. Preller, Sadler and company, give me the money. That's what I feel like Joe Musgrove's been saying, even if he did give up seven hits for the second game in a row, but I'm not all that worried, and you shouldn't be either. Um, even if he tends to not be a guy who gives up a lot of hits, he just gives up a big hit. Right with the home run and some of that off-speed stuff, um, you know, coming back to bite him every now and then. Still love what I saw from Joe Musgrove, and that's really the highlight of the game. I'm just gonna pull up his stats really quickly one more time if I can get it. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Sometimes the internet is a little bit silly on my phone. Um, in this game, he did generate 15 whiffs, with six of them coming on the curveball. It's just a wipeout pitch for him. Just an absolute wipeout pitch. Um, let's talk about the rest of the game. A second consecutive game in which Trent Grisham had a multi-hit outing. He goes three for five in this game with two RBIs, which was great, including one of the RBIs at the end of the game that kind of broke the game open, per se, uh, I should say. Um, or did he? It was the top of the seventh inning. That's right. He ends up bringing in Austin Nola and C.J. Abrams. We also got a Manny Machado single, and we also got um, a Jake Cronenworth single in the top of ninth for some insurance. C.J. Abrams also had a hit in this game, if I'm not mistaken, a double. Let me just make sure I can find that. Where is it? Oh, yeah. He had a double two for three in this game, which was great to see. Um, but the biggest thing here, like I said, Jake, uh, Trent Grisham in terms of the offense, love to see that um, from the guy. He needs to have those double hit games. He is look. I'm not. I've been disappointed in Grisham, and I'm worried about him. But he's not gonna hit below 200. You know what I'm saying? So maybe the heat is finally popping up. He's due for a positive regression to the mean, right? So thankfully Grisham with his second consecutive uh, game there. He did have two strikeouts, which I don't like. I really don't like Grisham's propensity to strike out. For as good of an eye at the plate he has, he needs to stop swinging through too many pitches. Um, I'm not saying like, like that, like it's easy, but that's one thing for him that I haven't liked. Striking out a little bit too much than I than I like to see. 
Um, Jerkson Profar went 0 for 4 in this game. Not a great series for him. Out of all the Padres batters, it's him and Matt Beattie and CJ Abrams are the only ones who are currently hitting below 200 on the team. He's currently got a 186 average with a 318 on base, 457 slugging. He's been great defensively, made a nice outfield assist in this game, which you love to see, um, to nail runner heading to third base, which is great. Um, love that. But in fairness, he's kind of calmed down. He had a bad, he had a rough weekend. He had a rough weekend, and it happens, don't get me wrong. He had zero hits in this series, and he also had zero. He went 0 for 5 in Cincinnati series. So, yeah, that's going to bring down your on-base percentage and whatnot. But even still, I do think that Profar, with the power start, we can expect that maybe he can be a decent player. I did say that. I did not expect Jerickson Profar to all of a sudden become the best player, and I didn't think he would. But throughout his career, can we get 20 home runs from him? Maybe a 250, like 350 on base at most. I could see that. It's not impossible being a guy that could play a variety of positions. He could at least be helpful. I did not think it was going to keep up though. Um, but you need stuff like that, right? You need guys like Profar to step up with Tatis out. So even if he's been a little bit of a slump lately, they might demote him from that cleanup spot, especially the way that the Padres first baseman has been hitting. And to be honest with you, the way Hassan Kim was hitting, even if he wasn't great in this game, two strikeouts, 0 for 4. Uh, maybe they might do that. We'll have to see. I, I just think that the Padres lineup every day is a sight to behold, right? Like, it's always really interesting to see who they're going to start where, whether it be a Zokar or a Matt Beatty in the outfield. Maybe they should get C.J. Abrams some work in the outfield for when Tatis comes back or whatever. But uh, for me, offense of the weekend... Uh, you got to give a shout out to Hassan Kim for his home run. He actually almost had another one in the Friday night game, which he just missed, man. He just missed it. That was really a four. Or it was a Saturday night game. I'm sorry. I forgot which one. Just missed it. Tried to pull it. Hopefully, Hassan Kim can continue his excellent ability. He's seeing more pitches. Let me tell you. He's seeing more pitches. Last thing for offense that I'm going to talk about. I forgot to mention it was in Saturday's game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I get this right. Luis Campizano going 0 for 3 with a strikeout in this game. Unfortunate, but he is pressing way too much. Uh, multiple instances of swinging on the first or second pitch for him this weekend series. That's not good. He's swinging at every pitch. Uh, he's making contact and hard contact. 107 exit velocity, if I'm not mistaken, on the, the pitch on Friday. But... He's just, you need to see more pitches. He's trying a little bit too much. He's trying to hit the big ball. He's trying to make a statement considering how bad he was in his debut for the Padres. But so far, it's not working uh, all that effectively. All that effectively. But you know what? He's still young. I hope that they give him more reps. I'd love to see him at DH more, especially in place of Jorge Alfaro, who I just think, yes, he started off okay for the beginning of the season, but... I'm just not seeing it from him. I'm seeing all the same ridiculous swinging at pitches that are sucker pitches, as my dad would say. Not even clever pitches, just pitches that get away from the pitcher, but these shoop, still swing at him. Highest swing strike percentage in MLB history and one of the leaders in outside swing zone percentage for all of Major League Baseball, Jorge Alfaro. So I'd like to see Campizano get a little bit more run. Hopefully he can be that guy until Luke Foyt comes back or even Will Myers comes back, but... We'll have to see how that all transpires in this series against Cleveland that is going to be on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I forgot. My apologies. I forgot. I forgot the biggest news. It is not Mackenzie Gore that is going to be starting on Tuesday. It is a really good matchup. It is Mike Clevenger going up against Zach Plesak. Mike Clevenger activated or expected to be activated from the IL. He had his third rehab assignment. Looked good. Blake Snell also had a rehab assignment over the weekend on Friday. So that's really cool. 
Really looking forward to that. That's going to be a start to talk about for sure, guys. Uh, this two-game set against Cleveland going to be very interesting. It is going to be in Cleveland, by the way. And then it looks like, yes, uh, it is expected to be uh, multiple prospects for the Padres starting on Wednesday's game. Mackenzie Gore, an early one. Mackenzie Gore going up against Cal Quantrill. Two pitching matchups that I can't wait for. Plesak has looked pretty good for the Guardians, let me tell you. And Cal Quantrill has been really solid for uh, the Cleveland Guardians, even if he's walked a little bit too many batters with 10 so far on the year. He's still been pretty, pretty solid. So that's going to be one to watch. Hopefully he doesn't make us pay and have a revenge game. But uh, aside from recapping those games, guys, we have a bunch of cool stuff coming up this week. We are going to be talking with an author. That's right, Dan Good, who's the author of a Ken Caminetti documentary, or I'm sorry, biography. Uh, that is set to release May 31st. Go check that out. Talked with him about the book. Might drop that on Friday. I'm not entirely sure exactly. Probably going to be a Friday episode. And then for a fun Friday, I guess. Thursday, probably planning to do a crossover with Peter Pratt of the Locked on Marlins podcast to preview the upcoming series. That should be fun because the Marlins, in my opinion, low-key, really fun team to watch this year. So that should be a fun crossover to preview the upcoming series. Also expecting to talk with Ryland Styles of Locked on Royals. Not sure when, but expecting to talk with him about uh, the former Royal and the current first baseman for the Padres. Just doing a fun little talk with my buddy Ryland, who us two just love talking about baseball. And I think you guys are going to enjoy that, especially considering that the Padres have an off day tomorrow. That should be a lot of fun. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And of course, subscribe to YouTube, guys. Please, please subscribe to YouTube. Come on now. Come on. Let's get those numbers up. If When we get to 400 subscribers, I'm going to do an episode shirtless. That's what I'll do. I don't know. I'll figure out incentives to get everybody to subscribe. But anyway, guys, as always, be sure to stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, let's go.